or am I a little too dark? You're a little on the dark side. You could okay. do. You could put like a light closer, maybe on your other side, for example. I've got a torch here. Hey everybody, welcome to Join the Fishes Podcast, episode 254. Sorry for the bit of the late uh, start there, and uh, sorry for taking a couple weeks off. We had uh, some, well, I had a conference the one week, uh, and we had some events afterwards, and then last week, last bit of technical issues, I couldn't quite get the stream working. So we're back to uh, back to the usual schedule, and um, we have a, a fun uh, fun episode tonight. Um, uh, uh, so, uh, thanks a lot for joining us tonight. We have uh, Captain 420 joining us. He's just back from Thailand. Uh, and he'll be talking to us about um, kind of what's going on over there. So, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and then we also have Fumador. What's up, Fumi? How's it going, folks? Cheers. And then we also got uh, Marty from AP Meds. Hey, what's up? How's everybody doing? Um, before we uh, get started, um, if you guys aren't familiar, uh, where did I put it? There we go. Uh, we have um, apmjclass.com uh, if you guys are looking for a full length uh, APMJ class. Uh, we have quite a few different topics. We just added a ton of new videos to class, so definitely check that out if you're looking to find out what kind of uh, um, things you need to do to get, get going on the top to bottom kind of uh, setting for your aquaponic cannabis education. Um, thanks a lot for joining us, uh, uh, Captain 420. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, what you've been up to over there in Thailand. Well, of course, my name's Captain 420 on Instagram. You can get a hold of me on uh, Ohio's Captain Dank. Uh, over in Thailand, they when I moved over there, uh, a couple months later, they passed medical. Now, medical in Thailand is strictly concentrates in oil. Uh, no flour. Any flour is illegal and still uh, punishable by uh, jail time or very big fine. During COVID, it's a very big fine. Depending on who you are, it can be a small fine or a little fine. Uh, they were handing out CBD permits from the government. Uh, those permits entitles the government to all of the flour that you produce. And there's nothing you can do with that. Uh, there is a byproduct what they're doing now in Thailand and they're fixing up foods and fancy pastries and putting it in teas. And it's basically grinding up the leaf, the fan leaves and adding it to it. But the government takes all the flour and they process it into, well, I'm not in Thailand anymore. So a very shitty oil. I mean, Fumi, Potent, Marty, 
we'd have to probably have five or eight, 10 bottles of this to even feel it. That's how bad it is. But at least they're giving it out to the people. So it's a completely different thing. Yeah, we're kind of screwing you on one end and, you know, giving it to you on the other end. Uh, basically, it was to appease the people during the election because the um, controlling party in Thailand is not the king or really the parliament, but the military. So everything runs through them and uh, things get misplaced, brown envelopes get given and all of a sudden people turn out with THC gardens. And instead of the five select strains that Thailand had picked out, uh, you're noticing four foot, five foot tall plants that are like three feet wide. And in Thailand, they should be about 12, 16 feet tall <laughs> and about one foot wide. So, uh, you know, the genetics just don't match up, but uh, they're still allowing the THC. Uh, they did pass where if you did get four families together, you were able to grow a 50 square meter patch of THC, but you had to get four families together. Now, here we run into the other problem is, is they've used chemical fertilizers and pesticides. And I watched the guy literally spray my pineapple field next to my house in a hazmat suit. So I had like, I have red clay at my house and it turned it pink for a good four and a half months. So whatever he was spraying on there, he was even cautious about it. And that's gotten into all the soil from the rice fields and the corn that they've been given. And Every once in a while, you will see them do a cover crop, but basically it's plant it every year and just feed it nutrients, nutrients, nutrients. And then, of course, uh, all those nutrients and uh, pesticides get put into the water and it goes down and more people use it thinking it's clean water and it's contaminated and they add more chemicals to it. And that just ruins about, uh, uh, I would say, a, a good 40 to 50 percent of the farmable land in Thailand. We saw a lot of this go where people had been given different, you know, different support groups or different government groups had come in and funded different initiatives and, you know, basically overdid it with the fertilizers or herbicides or pesticides and it's had a huge negative impact on the land. Exactly. And in Thailand, it's had a very, very big negative impact because before I left, I tried finding... 50 rye 
just to just to have and run a CBD garden, you know, just to get going on it because I knew eventually the THC would come, but I, I didn't know it would come so quick. But uh, that's all because of the condition of Thailand with COVID. And when you have a population of 70 million people, and 30 million of those people work in the tourism industry, uh, it kind of wipes out a big portion of your workforce. And besides that, their government doesn't give out checks like ours so people can stay home. Yeah. And there's very little help as far as uh, helping farmers take a couple years off. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why they are trying to push hemp. But here, like the United States, there's no processors for the hemp products to be processed into something. So no one's growing it. And they actually need to grow that in those fields for two to three years, I believe, at least. I'm not sure. You're probably better off at this, Potent or Fumi or in Marty. Uh, but at least two or three years of growing hemp in a uh, cornfield or a rice paddy to help uh, leach out those uh, heavy metals and pesticides. Am I correct? Oh yeah, it's great for bio bioremediation. You can export a lot of those heavy metals that way. Good, good. I, I, I've had a really long drive from Michigan, so I just wanted to make sure that, hey, I am talking clearly on some things. <laughs> it's not a weed and whiskey Wednesday fumey, but uh, we're not drinking either. We just got home. But uh, yeah, it's safe uh, to so <laughs> exactly. But uh, they're going to be allowing uh, THC gardens. When they first started off the medical program, it was to be CBD and CBD oil only in concentrates. And then it turned into, well, THC2. Well, how do we get to THC? Well, let's make it where you have to get a group and a village together, and then they can grow 50 square meters of THC. So now they're starting to allow uh, some importation. Uh, mainly from the UK and Europe of some THC uh, concentrates. But uh, again, what they're doing is they're breaking it down into their own little bottles and in very, very small amounts to maybe an everyday smoker, let's say. So I'm hoping within a couple years, uh, they will fully uh, come around to the 
point where they just need to not fight it and let the people use it. And there are 16 Thai traditional medicines that do have cannabis in it. So they will be able to bring those medicines back. So tell us about the different cultivars in Thailand. Well, the cultivars that I got to see, I may have seen three gardens that I would consider almost ready for harvest. Uh, you have to understand in Thailand that uh, it's more, their culture is more for the leaf of the plant. And that's what they normally asphyxiate on. They don't asphyxiate on that the leaf comes together and makes a flower. And after it, right, starting to make that flower, it makes resin glands. And they don't, they can't get that in their head. That, hey, listen, if you let this go, and of course, we're talking Thailand. So if we're talking a little bit of time, it's actually 30 to 45 extra days, if not 50 days. And they're cutting it that early. And it's all purely because of money. They just, uh, and they won't listen to what us Westerners have to say. You know, uh, they're Thailand, they're Asia, they've been growing cannabis longer than us. And, uh, you know, what do we know? We should have lab tests, right? They could listen to us. <laughs> so um, what type of uh, chemo profile uh, are, you, are you finding with the stuff over there? as far as like smells or turf profiles or structure? A lot of the structure, uh, it, it was actually varied. Uh, some you would end up with literally a, a four foot, five foot cola. And then there were certain plants where you had a foot, foot and a half in between the inner nodes. And those plants were 20, 24, 25 feet tall. And you're looking, you know, at these big plants thinking, oh, my God, at every internode, there should be a nice flower or something. And there's not. Uh, mainly what I was coming across was the citrus, the lime, the lemons. Uh, there are the cherries, the blueberries, the mango flavors are there. So the fruit flavors, I believe, and floral flavors are coming out of that southeast part of Asia. Trickle down from China, of course, is what they say. For most of it, but. Uh, and. Of course, you're planting them very, very early, and you're just looking at a very, very large, long vegetative state. 
And I've been telling people that I've been passing seeds out to get them about a week, a week and a half tall and flip them into a straight eight hours of light and 16 hours of darkness to get them to trigger. Because if not, you're going to end up with a 12, 16, 18 foot plant and that just don't work in a basement. Or even some commercial warehouses. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and again, here's something that I want to bring up. Because uh, most people say, well, the equator strains are all sativas. And I have to disagree with that. I have to really agree that no matter where you go in this world, you will find strains that lead towards an indica side in one shape, way, or form. And I've had different ties and I've gotten different highs all the way from literally psychedelic high, like I had eaten some paper or some mushrooms and within a course of a week and a half I broke three glass bowls and I was sitting down when I broke them <laughs> so that was really good but a majority of the cannabis there you're going to find isn't going to be much stronger than seven to nine to ten percent THC uh it's just a very light smoke. And I think that's where the terpene profile really kicks in because it makes everybody happy. And of course, we all know basically your terpene profiles come from your sativas. What type of pests were you running into in, uh, in Thailand? Uh, mites. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember the name of the bug. It's, it's a little bug, not more than maybe a third of an inch long, and it's white. And we did find out because we had put... Uh, other crops in with our plants and we put in some marigold plants and we came out one day and uh, there were a whole bunch of uh, these little white bugs all over the uh, marigold plants but uh, I really have to say I didn't have hands hands on in growing any of those strains over in Thailand, uh, I had to watch what I did because I was a prospective uh, permit holder. And over there also being a military controlled coup government, uh, they could have showed up at my house anytime I was smoking one of those joints and arrested me right then because I was smoking flour. I wasn't smoking concentrate. And even a friend of mine had made a comment. Yeah, you shouldn't have had to say that on Eagle's show. You shouldn't have said that. And you shouldn't have said that. 
Well, you live and you learn. <laughs> right. But uh, it's a good thing that that person was going to be the one that would have got me out of jail. <laughs> Always helps. It's always good to have friends in high places. I know uh, I try to have those when I travel. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, um, what kind of, uh, I guess, is the um, future state of uh, the industry there in Thailand as far as going forward with the the industry there what's going on that is all left up to the health administrator who right now is trying to deal with covid and the fact that uh 550 billion bot that were supposed to go for 27 million vaccinations kind of uh just disappeared let's say so the reason why Thailand hasn't had a bunch of vaccines is because they don't have them. And they were trying to scurry around at the end to get them and they can't. And then there's like the United States that offers them up at first, it was 1.5 million. Now it's up to 2.5 million doses. They asked for 300,000 to be given out to foreigners, and somehow that deal got nixed. But that person has to deal with that, that signs all the permits for the cannabis. It all goes through the health department. So, right now. And so right now they're trying to deal with 16,000 positive cases out of 70 million people a day. And a lot of these uh, Chinese, because the Chinese bags came into Thailand and uh, of course, every Chinese citizen got their vaccination shots. And they're still, that's when I found out that, hey, you can be vaccinated and still catch COVID again because it was happening to their people. But there was, at the time I left, there was only maybe 7 million out of 70 million people fully vaccinated. And they were frontline government office workers and police force. They were setting up a, uh, a website where you could register for it but they would tell you oh you can get shot in october well actually the website never worked you got to the end you hit in the last thing and it would clear the whole screen again and you'd have to start over again so he's busy dealing with that. And that's why I said, uh, you know, now there are THC gardens and their tourism is gone. So they need a source of income. And a brown envelope works enough for a THC garden. So the... Uh, um... 
Tell us about how they traditionally grow there. Are they doing soil? Do they have any kind of like, um, you know, different regenerative methods at all that they're doing or composting or anything interesting? Or is it all pretty much just fertilizer stuff? There's very few people that do any type of uh, regenerative. It's all chemical fertilizer. Very, very few of them in the Thai Farmers Council actually, you know, will let a field go barren and do overcrops for the year. That that just doesn't happen in Thailand because of their economy and the need for money. So it's always push hard, push fast. But uh, by slowly... At least uh, my friend uh, was doing the test gardens for the Thai Farmers Council, and that was done uh, in soil and not in a field. So it was actually brought in and mixed up properly. And that's the way that he tried to teach them is if you're going to do this for medicine, you need to have some clear uh, soil with no contaminations, no heavy metals, no pesticides in it. And slowly, and I, I could even say there is one Providence that refused the Thai Farmers Council to come in and do a test garden, all because of my friend being a Westerner. So we also have to look at that factor that 90% of what we say to these farmers, to these college educators, uh, really doesn't mean shit. And you ask them, well, we're, we're head of this department and we'll run it. And you ask them, well, how many times have you grown a cannabis plant? None. And you plan to have success and not take any of our advice. Well, yes. Well, why? Because I have a piece of paper and I've been teaching plant biology for the past 30 years. So I can grow it here in Thailand because I'm from Thailand and I know how to grow and their crops fail miserably. I moved to Thailand and I offered Mancho University uh, straight CBD plants. I offered them two to ones, one to one ratios. And all I asked for was basically a work visa so that I could stay there. I didn't ask for a payment, but I did ask to be able to do the lectures because the lectures is where the money's at and the conferences at least for the college professors. And you have to also understand that a college professor's uh, pay from the university is maybe $30,000 a year. And that's if he's been there 20 years.
but uh, you know what we say doesn't matter because they are Thai, they come first. And the only reason why I'm saying this is because I'm not sitting in Thailand. You've all heard me speak, and I've never talked this way about Thailand. But uh, yeah, uh, basically, ever since COVID, it's the brown envelopes control everything. If you want to grow THC, you can grow THC. Uh, but all they're doing is just throwing a bunch of chemicals at the plants. Very few farmers are doing any type of regenerative. And those are the farms that we try to seek out. I spent two months riding around in a bike and a truck trying to find good earth. Uh, most of the soil over there is red clay or just plain rocks. Now I understand, you know, in Jamaica, you just throw a tire around it and try to keep the dirt in that way. Well, they've done that on the mountainsides because it's just basically plain rock and clay. So you have to amend the soil to get it to take any type of a plant. So, so what were you doing for your setups there for soil uh, and soil mixes and, and all that type of stuff? How did you have your stuff set up? Uh, that basically came in, uh, what I used was basically what I use over here, and that's peat loss, perlite, and uh, buffalo dung, uh, chicken shit, uh, you know, just stuff like that, and a lot of uh, super thrive. But, you know, uh, we have bananas so we have potassium uh and there was a bunch of other items that we could use uh, instead of going the salt route which was completely different for me because i am a salt grower i i i call myself a semi-soilless semi-organic grower because i do use some organic products in my regiments and I do put earth in with my peat moss because I find that I get lazy sometimes and I don't want to check the garden for two or three days. And I know if I leave that much room at the top of my bucket and I fill it up with water, I can come back in two and three days and the plant's still alive. <laughs> Um, what, uh, that's, that's basically what I was doing. Now, my friend who was doing the thing with the Royal uh, Thai Farmers Council uh, is coming out with his own podcast, and he has his own line of uh, dirt ready to go, and uh that's what's happening is it's uh, the big businesses are making up the black earth to subsidize all the poor quality soil in Thailand. And it kind of sucks because there's a ton of cocoa over there and cocoa nuts. 
So why not use that cocoa fiber? Is that cocoa fiber not good enough to grow in? I don't know because I've grown in cocoa once and had shitty results. And these that was in the days when you got a thousand grams per watt of light. You did really good. So, uh, you know, cocoa went right out the back door into the garden. Yeah, so the, the issue with a lot of the cocos from poorer countries is that they wash it with seawater. So it ends up being super laden with sodium uh, and sometimes even some local contaminants that like diesel fuel and other stuff that you just don't want in your, your stuff because it just sucks it up, right? So, and then they just put it, they dry it back out on like a parking lot or a paved, paved area uh, in the sun uh, and then bundle, you know, once it's rinsed and then bundle it up uh, once it's fully dry and compress it. So um, that's the reason why a lot of that stuff is pretty, pretty messed up. Okay. And like I, I have to keep uh, mentioning, and that's why I brought it up the other day uh, about the mending of the soil and what type of crops to use as cover crops is because I am trying to get into that side and move away from the salts. Because uh, to tell you the truth, I, I really enjoy my friend's sativas that he grows with the Korean method. And I, I just can't get that taste from any of the other growers. It's so nice and clean and smooth. It's, it's connoisseur quality. And I think that's what we all try to strive for, at least I do. Because I, everything I grow, I smoke myself. Uh, I, unless you're a really good friend, I ain't going to grow what you like. I'm going to grow what I like. I don't care what sells. I'm not in it for the money. And eventually people will come around and it's going to come around that, hey, listen, the shit that's 24 to 34% THC gives you a high for about an hour. It tastes nice. It smells nice, and then it's gone. You don't get any, uh, or at least I get very little uh, relief from any type of muscle spasms. Uh, also, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression. Uh, I do get a little bit sometimes for the depression, but uh, I, I don't find that in a lot of these new strains, especially runts. And once people realize that, hey, I just don't want to be high for an hour. I want to be high for like two or three hours. They're going to find out that that's probably about a 21% THC or 20%. And then those people that work really hard and want to come home, they're going to look at a 16 to 18%. But that's going to be out of the Afghanistan, Pakistan region. 
because that's going to give them a little bit of CBD relief too. And that's one thing that I've spent my lifetime trying to figure out and find are the CBD strains. And it was easy because I was just asking people for pretendicines because on dead lot, they looked good, they smelled good, but after you bought them, you put them in a bowl and nothing happened. <laughs> so those are the strains we're looking for because now we find out that those are the ones that have CBDs in them. It's just too bad that that was 25, 30 years ago. Yeah, well, people, it's interesting. People weren't working lines to have anything but THC for so long. Makes you wonder, like, what else we've bred out of this, the plant, you know? Exactly. Uh, you know, the lower THC ones for me, I, I think, have room. If I understand it correctly, you can only have a certain amount of cannabinoids in the plant, correct? So if you take and add 34% THC to that, what are you really losing? And I think the lower the THC, the better the entourage effect, we'll call it. And maybe we should just call it the entourage effect and have everybody just all over the world call it that because that's what it basically is. You're subtracting THC and you're allowing other things in the plant. And those other things are what are affecting people and affecting people in different ways. Something that affects me may not affect Potent or Fumi or Marty the same way. Uh, two of us may get a, a racy heart from it, and the other two just get the giggles. It's all on the person's body makeup also. But I, I think the strains that I've got coming from Thailand will, uh, you know, if, if you're willing to take the time, and I figured it out with the help of the university for me to get CBD strains to grow in Thailand. It would be two and a half to three years from seed. And up until that point, we would need to make clones. Because there's basically no CBD plants that grow naturally between the zero and 20th parallels. It's all above the 20th parallel. So um, what, uh, is there any particular like um, funky traits you noticed with the, the, the Thai stuff there? I know it's traditionally known for being kind of hermy or at the very least being uh, a little bit more on the tall, skinny side and less on the, the chunky side? Yes. Uh, when I, I brought up the earlier about there being sativas and indicas, uh, you can definitely tell that even, I, I tried to show uh, in my front yard, my two fruit trees. One had a thin leaf, one had a thick leaf 
And if you looked at the fruits, the fruits were completely, not completely, but very noticeably different. And in Thailand, you also get that. You get the thin leaves and you also get the thick leaves, but they're all at least 12 inches long or more. They're just huge leaves there. Uh, okay, now that I got onto the leaf, I kind of lost where I was at. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, we were talking about the, the plant structure of the Thailand stuff, how it's a little bit smaller, a little bit more kind of tall and skinny, a little bit more susceptible to, to certain other traits. Uh, The reason why a lot of it is tall and skinny is because of the weather conditions, really. Uh, between October and April 1st, and April 1st was the fourth rain during that time period. Uh, those because I lived in the north, I did it for a reason. We're up in the hills, so I get a higher elevation of UV light, even though I have to block it out or it'll burn all my terpenes right off. <laughs> but uh, it, it was much cooler in the evening, and I was able to uh, grow Afghanis and Indicas. And it's really nice when you sit down with a 55-day plant and you say, I can actually get three of these in, in one harvest season. So that's what really intrigued me about Thailand and northern Thailand uh, was the fact that I could use the sun and I could use solar panel for what I needed to light up in the fields to get the vegetative growth or just do them indoors and transplant them outdoors and let them go flower that way. But between April 1st and middle of August to middle of September, Everything is in vegetative state. My fruit trees were actually, uh, they still had very small fruit that were just starting to come on when I left at the end of August. They won't be done for another couple months. There's only about a period of two and a half to three months where they're dormant. Oh, do they have a charas or like live resin harvesting uh, culture there? No. Uh, as far as any type of counterculture goes, uh, it's almost non-existent. And it's basically left up to the Rastafarians. There are Thai Rastafarians. But as far as pressing that, uh, that's a Western thing. And that's just starting to come on. But then again, it all comes down to the money factor. 
and prices like any place else are dropping because again they don't have any money to do anything with the government's not giving them any type of assistance so no spendable income that's for sure we had uh, someone in chat say rastafarthi <laughs> I'd like to say hi to everybody out there in chat, too. I'm still on my phone and I can't see shit. But, hey, hopefully by next week I'll have the computer and Captain 420 will actually be back in chat. There you go. Yeah, it only takes money. <laughs> yeah, it's always a little bit uh, getting back and getting reestablished once you come back to the States. It's always a little bit jarring. Well, actually, when I came back to the States, um, I can go get a couple boxes of seeds that I have that I had purchased. And if we sit down, actually look at the crosses, uh, they basically mesh with the four males that I want to use. So everything is going to work out fine. And... Maybe I'll be blessed someday with a big bag of uh, cherry bomb and someone will, will let me take that and rework that for them. And we can get that line back out there because I want to find that mail in there that cuts through Jack, that cuts through New York diesel and makes it sweet diesel and sweet Jack because it's in there. Nice. I want that. I want to hunt that one. Um, uh, where was it? Uh, so what other, um, is there anything that uh, maybe you, you saw but never got a chance to work with in terms of cultivars, um, just touring other grows or seeing other stuff? Or Yes, Lao seeds. These are much darker and much bigger than the seeds I've been giving out. Uh, another thing I'll be getting is a goddamn camera because Cumi has talked so much and Wes has talked so much about cameras and then you get smashed in there that's kind of computers and then he's talking cameras. And to me, uh, okay, that's a camera. <laughs> guys but uh i i want something because uh i'm in a very unique position to see quite a few different flowers and i want to be able to take that and share that with you as we sit here and we share them uh i do have some these seeds came from lao and i'm actually I've been told the region that they came from, and that's the region where Squirrel's Tail is from, which was the alle alleged strain that they used for tie stick. And it actually has a purple to pu pure pink hue to it. Uh, you were talking about... Uh, if we were coming across anything genetically, uh, 
instead of having two spots come out in an inner node, we have four coming out. Uh, your first set of leaves will be three. The second set of leaves, you're already at five. Third set of leaves, you're at seven. We came across that. Uh, we came across purple plants that were almost totally black. So it's pretty much still a big pheno hunt in Thailand. The only people that have gone over there and really pheno hunted probably were DJ and Bodhi, I would say. Because I know a lot of Bodhi stuff came from Thailand and Southeast Asia. But it, it's just a big pheno hunt. Uh, you know, the war on drugs came in and they eradicated a lot of things. Like I spent five, six years now looking for chocolate Thai and I can't find it. People say, oh, yeah, I have it. I, I come across it, but you never see it in person. You never taste it. What about um, as far as pinks or purple pestles or anthocyanin heavy cultivars? Are you seeing much of that there or not really? Uh, mainly all of it is showing up in the leaves themselves. But it's not to say that you're not going to find that pinkish color or that bud that may look like a bumblebee with that bright yellow hair coming out of it. Uh, I haven't grown enough of these to really give you a, a full spectrum. I've only been able to see a small, small selection. Well, it's definitely interesting to see the Laos stuff. You don't, again, to a lot of places that you don't get to see a lot of genetics coming out of there uh, from those areas. So it's definitely, uh, will be interesting to see what kind of turf profiles come off of this. And I, I have some coming from Burma that uh, we had acquired. And they're, they're big as some of my mid-90s Afghanis, uh, you know, getting towards the size of like a, a chocolate-covered raisin. Sometimes maybe a Panama or a Colombian seed that's really huge. And those came out of Burma. And, you know, we still have Vietnam to go through and Cambodia and all of those places down there. And I really think uh, if we do Thailand, Laos, Vietnam and China and Burma, uh, we will be able to take the floral and a lot of the fruits and unlock all the bottlenecking that's happened. But it's going to have to take someone two and a half to three years with a university to sit down and put that work in.
because those plants take so long. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, you know, and, and that's really where I, I, I'm super excited to kind of see what happens with a lot of these equatorial countries as far as um, you being able to produce a lot of these longer flowering ones. In fact, um, uh, Rasta Bob was talking about it when he was on the show talking about how a lot of Jamaican dudes are growing a lot of the longer flowering stuff because they find that the smoke is a little bit better and it is kind of stands out against the, the quick turn stuff that really isn't uh, doesn't have those same types of profiles that you end up with the longer flowering stuff, you know? Yeah. Okay, that just shows I do need a camera. So uh, Fumi's going to get a call and he's going to say, okay, what can I hook up to like my phone to get really good pictures? Because I just found these. These are some uh, original super silver hay seeds. And there's only three. <laughs> I had a ex. Like a good popper. <laughs> I had an ex I used to live with, and she used to really not like weed all that much. And then I brought home super silver haze crossed with hash plant one day. And she smoked that, and she zipped around like she just had a coffee. And it totally, like, changed her, her perception of what cannabis could be in terms of a smoking experience and how it didn't have to always be this, like, super mellow experience it can be a super uplifting like i gotta wake up and do shit like you know that kind of thing exactly and that's what i i'd like in the morning and um i have a couple strains that are like that and then i i i guess i'm one of those i'm a, i'm a cause and effect person so the taste doesn't bother me. I need something for the morning. I need something for the afternoon. And I need something for the evening. That's what it boils down to me. But it doesn't mean that I don't hunt sesquiterpenes. Because those are the ones that I can actually taste besides lemon. And I, everybody should know out there, I hate that lemon, that lemon G, I hate that taste of lemon pledge in your mouth. It's like to me. Yeah, the lemonade and everything is getting old. I think part of that has to do with cookies. Like not the brand, I mean the strain. I have a, I have a think it, I think it has a, something to do with even Marlboro cigarettes have it in there. The lemon terpene. It's an addictive terpene is what it is. I don't know. I just it's definitely not my favorite. That's no. Sure. Give me a berry, something sweet. Call me a girl. I don't care. Have your lemon and limes. <laughs> I just I Earthy Captain Ford 20, we laugh about this kind of stuff on my show all the time. I just I don't see people eating like dead animal meat. I mean, I guess you eat a dead steak or whatever, but I mean, like they don't eat like roadkill meat on their plate. You know what I mean? Like it's usually fairly well presented and there's salt and pepper on it and everything else. But then when they talk about the weed, it's deathly this and fucking ghastly that. And I don't know, B.O. Just it's it's puzzling to me. I remember Cat Williams has that that awesome set where it's like, I got this new weed. It's called death. 
I don't, I don't want to smoke that. <laughs> Freaking awesome, man. I came uh, across one the other day. They call it the stink. So. I mean, there's a place for all of that, but there's also a place for the stuff that doesn't taste like deathly animals. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be lemon pledge. It can be strawberries. It could be cherries. It could be something else. It could be chocolate. It could be whatever. It doesn't always have to be, like, offensive, you know, whatever else, you know? I've also gotten to see quite a few gardens. And to tell you the truth, in my honest opinion, uh, if you're using LED lights, your plants may come out a little bit lighter color than if you use a high-pressured sodium or metal halide. Uh, I don't know what it is. I've seen it in people growing basically the same way, but one uses LED and the other one uses high-pressured sodium and the colors to the buds are different. There's a small THC difference. I prefer the metal halide high-pressured sodium because, again, the LED is a little bit more of a racier head high for me. It also has to do with um, adjusting it, the temperature of the room. A lot of people run LED rooms a little bit too cold um, uh, to make up for that. If you boost the temperature, that can help a little bit with that. Actually, Brendan, I think, talked about it and, um, either the last time he was on my show or the time before. Uh, if he was uh, around, I'd, I'd pull him on to talk about it, but he's not around today. So, um, But um, while we quickly have a, a second here, um, I, I did want to remind everybody, we have the second annual virtual aquaponic cannabis conference uh, coming up November 13th and 14th, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, both days. So it'll be 26 hours of awesome aquaponic and cannabis education. We have people speaking from Bangladesh, Switzerland, South Africa, uh, Colombia, Canada, uh, the, uh, and across the United States and a whole bunch of other awesome places. Um, certainly the, the coolest lineup I think uh, I've managed to put together for any event so far. Uh, that's for damn sure. We have some super freaking awesome talks. Uh, we have some new uh, microbiologists that you guys haven't had a chance to um, get to know yet, but I think you guys are going to be super excited to see their presentations uh, and a couple of other super cool people that um, uh, I think you guys have known for a long time, but uh, uh, are going to have some interesting talks on, on different aspects of growing. So definitely check that out. And then I'll be right here on the Poem Ponics YouTube channel uh, again on November 13th and 14th. Um, and uh, I'm still not sure if I'm going to be doing that from the U.S. or South Africa yet, but uh, depending on when I fly back. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'll be back to South Africa at some point in November here. That's looking like barring anything crazy popping up. So that'll be fun, too. Working on some projects over there. So super, super stoked to, uh, to get back over the pond and... Uh, to start working again on a, on a bigger scale like it was before the plague hit. Yeah, Michigan and Ohio is a little bit colder than Thailand. <laughs> you know, it's always awesome to be like, yo, it's getting cold. Let's get the fuck up out of here and uh, go back to where it's summer, you know. I was, at the, 
I was at the rally the other day and I actually went back to my jacket and got a fleet or back to my truck and got a fleece to put on because I was cold. <laughs> and then uh, and then I'll be coming back after that in time for the uh, region conference out in Humboldt. So that'll be a lot of fun. So looking forward to that as well. Uh, and then also uh, I'll be giving um, uh, three talks at the Aquaplanics Association conference coming up here October something. Hold on. Anyways, um, so they talk, you know, what are some of the other, um, is there any kind of aquaponics scene or aquaculture scene there in Thailand currently that you had a chance to, to see at all or? No, I, I, I didn't get to see any of that myself. But of course, you know, pretty much aquaponics is growing rice because they're continuously flooding the fields. But they do go out and catch the little fish before they do any type of planting. It's kind of different to go out there and see people going through fields that they're about to plant that are like waist high for like three, four weeks. So they get these little fish that grow into little guppies and then they just throw them all in a pot of boiling water. But that's that's as close as I came to seeing anything. And who knows, maybe the little fish being in the uh, rice fields is their way of adding fish shit. But I couldn't tell you. I'm sorry that I draw blanks on uh, quite a few of your questions. It's just uh, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you I did this and I did that when I didn't. That's fine. That's uh, Thailand and Laos is where betas are from. A lot of people have beta fish. Uh, that's where those are originally from. So it's kind of neat to, uh, that's those, those rice patties. Um, the Aquaponics Association dates are the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th of October. It's right after BizCon or during BizCon personally. In October, Harvest Fest and Clio I believe that's at the uh, racetrack. They're going to have that. I'm sorry for putting that little plug in there. <laughs> no way, man. It's, it's all good. We, uh, we like to support our friends. And in Michigan, can after that rally and... Yeah, tell us about the rally today. So, so what... Explain to people what was going on as far as why the rally was, was taking place with Michigan stuff and then, and then uh, how the rally went. Well, the rally uh, started off really good. Uh, there were quite a few good speakers there. Uh, I believe Kurt uh, is one of the reasons why at the end I declined to talk because he said basically 85% of what I was going to say. And basically what it's coming down to is 
Michigan is being the first state. I know California and some of the other states went through things similar to this, but they're trying to basically take away the rights that the people voted for. One of it is, and these have, the complaints have started since recreational. Before recreational, there were hardly any complaints unless you were venting right outside your window and it was going in your neighbor's house. Because in Michigan, for two to three weeks out of the year, all you smell is cow shit on the fields. So why isn't there an ordinance against that? but there's an ordinance against the 12 plants in my backyard because they maybe one or two smell like a skunk. But what about the other eight or nine that smell like strawberries, blueberries, things like that? It doesn't matter, it just takes one plant to make someone upset. Now, what I really see a problem is and what a lot of people talked about was since Michigan has gone recreational, a lot of the growth facilities themselves have gone recreational and gone away from the medical side. Uh, your medical permit uh, for cultivation is 1500 plants, but your recreational is 2000 and they're the same price for the uh, license fee. Uh, they're trying to take away the 12 plants and tell caregivers that they can only have three plants per patient. Uh, they're trying to limit where you can and cannot put a facility, a retail operation, anything to do with cannabis. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with the way things are written, the wording. And if we can get in there and we can get conferences and talks with these people and just change some of the wording, it would take away probably 75% of the problems. And if we took away big money trying to push out medicals so they can get it all like Ohio, then that's your other 25% right there. Because Ohio, the next state down, has no grow, no personal grows. And you have to buy in one-tenth of an ounce. And that's between 40 and $50 and the dispensary. Now, I, I have to say something. I did see something in the dispensary today that was like $42 for a gram. And even it being my anniversary, I still passed on it. And then I seen GMO and I think GMO was like $65 an eighth. And I'm like, okay, I just picked up an ounce of that for 150 in Clio. <laughs> so I have a hard time, uh, you know, spending that much. 
But uh, you show me up with 120 days sativa, and yeah, I'll pay you $20, $30 a gram for it because I know how much work went into it. And a lot of people don't. They want stuff done in six, seven, eight weeks. No more nine, 10 week plants. They have to be done in 60 days. Why? Because we need to clean out the 58 days because we need to clean out the room two days before we reload it. Because it's all about the money. And that's what it is in Michigan. It's all about the money. And if you actually look at it, the way it's gone, it, because I started with normal in 1996. So I got to watch it go from let's legalize cannabis to let's try medical. We have medical. It took a few more years to get some more states. And now it's exploded. But what they're going to do is they're going to take that medical and they're going to start restricting it like Michigan is going from a 12 plant grow to a three plant grow. Well, for recreational, you're allowed to have 12 plants. So why does it go down? Well, you can actually have more than three plants, but it costs $500 a year to get an extra two or three plants. But every household in Michigan can grow 12 plants in their backyard. Or where someone doesn't complain about it. But they had a lot of uh, good speakers there. It was just held on a wrong day. And no one called the news channels. No one called the newspapers. There was no advertising really on it. Uh, you have to understand that our little get-togethers in Cleveland that we had in 96, 97, 98, 99, we actually had one year enough people to hold hands around the Justice Center in downtown Cleveland. And that's a, that's a city block, people. And we had news channels there and newspapers there because we called them. That's all it takes is a call but they show up and there's only a hundred people there, then they're going to leave. If they show up and there's five, 600 people there, like there should have been because everybody with a medical card should have been there because it affects them. But uh, in my opinion, it was kind of a dismal turnout. And it could have been planned a lot differently when people weren't working. But hey, you have to give some props for someone doing something. And not just stand sitting in the couch going, you know, I got this idea, I got this idea, and I got this idea. No, you got to pick up that phone and make it work, make it happen.
And if you have to call 20 different people to get four people to show up to cover it, you do it. But I enjoyed myself. I got to meet a lot of people that I only get to see here on YouTube and in chat. So that was really nice. And by the way, Red does make some really, really turpinated hash. Dry sift even. Oh, my God. Does it smell so good? <laughs> So uh, what type of, what type of, uh, you're saying that they had concentrates there, you said it was oil, is that oil the only concentrate they had or what other types of concentrates did they have there? That's all they had. They had that and then they would have uh, imported gummies that were coming from the UK or the United States. And then a few people started making them there. But uh, mainly it's Westerners that are making this. Like uh, we got a little off, I got a little off track earlier. There is no counterculture like the United States has as far as cannabis. Uh, I was told about this guy that supposedly had been growing cannabis for so long and he's just now letting go of some of the seeds. And my friend looked at me and said, Rob, you have five more, five times as many years as he does growing cannabis. So what the Thai people think, don't take that too seriously. Because they don't know. Um, uh, what other, um, what other kinds of projects are you working on here stateside, uh, now that you're, uh, back over here? Well, I've got a skunk cross that I want to do, and I've picked up, uh, some cheeses for that, uh, a couple expensive packs of seeds that it was like, uh, Okay, I, I at least now I've got a 40% discount. Now I can buy this pack of seeds. Uh, one of those type. But mainly what, I, what I've been picking up uh, is to go along with some of the older strains that I have. Uh, you know, I really want to see chem dog come back around chem sister come back around i i want to see those older strains make an appearance again and you know i i don't want to have them cut with dosi do and mac and everything else so you end up with one strain that's crossed three or four times to get to whatever it turns out to be uh, I, I guess you could call it preservation is what I'm looking for. Uh, the fun one is actually the cherry bomb. 
the really hard working one, I'm not going to tell you yet because I don't want anybody going off on that mail or those mails that come out of it. Because actually, when I get that project done, everybody will be able to restart that bottleneck again. And it's all thanks to people in chat offering up certain strains that they have of, or I should say, different. We have now cultivars and, uh, oh God, what's the other one? Uh, I'm drawing a blank now. Cultivars and help me, guys. Varietals. What are varietals. There we go. Instead of phenos, we have varietals to come out with. So, uh, you know, once I get that all done, those should all be unlocked. So we'll be able to start kind of fresh. But uh, I am running into one little problem. What I thought was going to be maybe one or two is now turning out to be like eight different varietals of the same thing. So, you know, but I'm looking for something that has been used since the 80s. So I'm trying to gather even though they're older seeds, I'm still trying to gather those 80s, those 90s, early 2000s. Uh, here's a question that I had to ask, since I have two knowledgeable people on here. Uh, what's your idea of, I know eventually they'll be able to do them in test tubes, and this is my little thing that I'm bringing up because of Magnus Seeds. And that's the uh, tissue culture agar, which has the sugars and things like that in it. Because we know when the older seeds pop, they need all the enzymes and they need a ton of sugar to actually grow any tail and pop. And that is something that I'm going to be looking into to see if I can't get some of these older seeds to pop, too. You can order the germination hormone. I, I can't remember the name of it because it's tired, but um, you can order that. Uh, I think that's it. Um, you can order that straight or um, I'm a big fan of just doing like a seed sprout tea. You know, if you can get some good organic corn or cucumber or something else that germinates really fast. Soak those seeds for 24 to 36 hours until they start to crack open. And then strain that water off and uh, aerate it, uh, maybe, or even throw a splash of um, um, a drop or two of uh, low percentage peroxide just to add a little oxygen to it. Or airstone, if you have an aquarium airstone, that works too. And then throw your seeds in there uh, for, your, for your cannabis and it'll have that germination hormone uh, from those other seeds. I've done that with really old ones with organic corn seeds and had really good luck with waking up some some old cannabis seeds that were from the 80s. So definitely something that you can do and uh, something that's being, you know, been done quite quite a bit. 
What about you, Fumi? You're in the seed business, buddy. I haven't popped any super old seeds. I have to be honest. I was just thinking about uh has talked about popping old seeds and he was talking about how aloe is a wonderful uh, rooting hormone. And I think he's actually mentioned uh, uh, popping old seeds in aloe. I don't remember when, or like which episode it was or which story it was he was talking about. We'd have to ask him about it. I think the oldest, the oldest seeds that I popped were not cannabis seeds. They were probably pepper seeds, but even then they were probably only 10 years old or something, but I didn't have to do anything special. I just popped them in water. I'm, I'm very much an advocate. I keep saying this, you know, on the show and everything else. Yesterday we were talking about like, I don't do any crazy stuff like paper towels or whatever. I try to pop the seeds normally. Uh, most of the time they just, they just pop, you know, even, even older seeds, honestly, when you pop them in a good environment, a lot of times they just pop. Yeah, they recommend maize, barley, alfalfa, and lentils. Those are all yeah. the, the good, easy ones. That's what, once again, that's why I talk about barley. You know, Coot is right about that. Barley is like a, a dry to-go bag of uh, seed sprout tea. You know? Gibberellins. That's it, gibberellins. Yeah, definitely a great input to, to use in your garden, for sure. And uh, Coot's talked about that at length. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, you know, you can grind up, for example, a little bit of the barley and put it in your little soil mix when you, you know, pop the seed basically in that cup or top dress lightly with barley and all those little gibberellins and everything else, the enzymes will start to take action on that soil. So I don't know. I, I recommend trying that kind of simple stuff, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cocoa water. Cocoa water is the, I mean, it's yeah. cocoa water is like, that's a seed sprout tea. Yeah, like a coconut. Yeah, another great, another great one. Yeah, just take a coconut, pop a hole in one of the eyes with a whatever tool you want to do it with. Uh, pour that water out, and uh, that's a great thing to germinate your seeds in. You. We always get uh, comments from the the crowd whenever we mention stuff like that on my show. Anyway, uh, I think you're supposed to use fresh coconuts if you can get them. Basically, like so, if you go to like an Asian store or something, they oftentimes have fresh coconuts. The fresher, the better. I've heard that the because I used to use like bottled coconut water, like from Costco. And then I was told, okay, you're still going to get the nutrition, blah, 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 but probably not as much active enzymes and so on as with the fresh coconut. So basically, like, all you got to do is just go to an Asian store, pick up a coconut. You, know? you can get coconut. What about coconuts in the grocery store that are like kind of pre skinned? That you think that makes different? I thought always, that's what I've always. The last time that I've seen a coconut at a regular grocery store, though. That's oh, really? They always yeah. have like four or five of them next to the pineapples and the mangoes. Uh, well, that I would always assume those are probably decorative, but maybe I don't know. I'll have to look next time. Yeah, maybe it's just one of those things you blank out. <laughs> I'm not looking well for coconuts. Yeah, I'm uh, inattention blindness to grocery store coconuts. <laughs> if, if you if blind. you wanted to get into the coconut uh, business, you know, Asia is a great place, especially when the tourists are there, because. Uh, at the end of the evening, there's all these empty coconuts that they've emptied out to make drinks with mm. all along the street. So you wouldn't even have to grow your own coconuts. All you'd have to do is go pick them up out of the garbage. Is the flesh as useful as the, the water? Ironically, I think the water from the coconut is the best part. Yeah, that's that silly. Yeah. Like you wouldn't assume that like the, the liquid in a coconut is that important, but that's like the embryo of the coconut. It's so, so interesting. Yeah. And it solidifies into a plant. Uh, it's a great bottle of water when you're thirsty. Right. 
It's got um, what plants I, crave. I can't drink it. It makes me sick. Some people can't stand that flavor. I can dig it. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I really couldn't stand this, the flavor. Well, I was sort of lukewarm on the flavor of uh, coconuts, but now I've, I've warmed up to it. There's a lot of Thai dishes with it, and I've made the mistake of ordering them and not asking. And then after eating it like three or four bites, it's like, oh, no. Yeah, I can dig it. I've That's known people. It. I like sesame, but I, I know quite a few people who don't like the flavor of sesame. And, uh, you know, like the little tiny seeds that you get like on a hamburger bun. But let's say, for example, Korean food has tons of sesame in it. And it's got this really nice, like nutty flavor, this kind of rich, oily, nutty flavor. But it's unmistakable. And there are some people that they cannot stand the taste of sesame or something. So if you go to like a Chinese place, they always have to ask, no sesame, no sesame. To answer your question, though, with the tissue culture, tissue culture is a lot harder, I think, than people realize, especially if that tissue culture is completely clean, if it has a viroid or something else that can have an easy chance of expressing. When you do that tissue culture, it has an easy chance of expressing. It'll just rip through that that thing. Anyone that's done a lot of tissue culture will know, uh, especially when you're working with a lot of just different sourced stuff, um, it gets kind of kind of crazy pretty quickly. So I, I think that there's definitely going to be a while before there's a lot of good stock around that's been cleaned up quite a bit. And that's one thing that I've been really looking into because we're having a problem and I really think it's because the guy basically that grows it, grows it with, uh, that nutrient, uh, what is it called? Mills pays the bills. So I Mills think pays the bills, got, but it pays the bills for more mills. <laughs> but I think it's caused a problem in the lemon G. And I think if it's given to somebody that, and they actually grow it, grow it properly. And that's one of the reasons why I don't have it in my possession right now is because of the way I talk about it to the person that, you know, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? But again, I'm always wrong. And they're basically telling you no soup one year. Get out. Yeah. So, uh, I am getting that plant. I've, I said, you know, get me a leaf off of it. I'll send it in and have it tested. But uh, from what I'm hearing, those people that are really talented in the tissue culture are actually the people that come from the fruit trees industry. As far as being at, able to add proteins back into that plant, because when you do tissue culture, you're just not taking a little snippet. You're actually going back and uh, reworking some of the proteins in it, if I'm correct. And like I say, I am just now learning about tissue cultures and it's getting very interesting. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to play with it a ton, but I do know some some friends of mine that have had some interesting uh, experiences for sure. Um, I know that they do a ton of tissue culture as well for um, a lot of the carnivorous plants, like a lot of the, the funkier nepenthes uh, are done through tissue culture these days. 
Same. And I was going to say just the same as you said earlier, Captain 420, I don't want to bullshit, you know, so I'm not going to make up stuff that I don't know about. I've never messed with it. I've read about it a little bit, known people that have fucked with it, but I personally don't know too much about tissue culture. So it's And I have, to, I have yeah. to apologize to you, Fumi, for the other night and Potent also. Uh, my sound went out. Oh, that's all right, man. Oh, for I, trivia I, or whatever? That's okay. No, that's fine, man. Yeah. I, I was trying to say stuff and nothing was coming out and I couldn't hear anything. All I could see was your moving. Uh, Mr. Marduber fought for your honor. Uh, he popped in basically and actually it worked out perfectly because uh, uh, you couldn't play. Mr. Marduber wanted to play. So he hopped on and I, I couldn't like add a player in the middle of the game. So basically he played for your honor and he actually did really well. He got second place. So Wes Engine won, of course. Yeah, Wes Engine uh, defended his title. He's two-time champ now. Yeah, man, unstoppable, dude. Unstoppable. Wait, wait a second. Do I do I get credit for the first two, or for two out of the first three questions about Asia and this uh, where most of the seeds came from? Because I I answered those in chat for tara <laughs> that i don't remember oh well then maybe tara sometimes i think tara might be uh getting a little bit of assistance from the uh, the crowd but uh you know <laughs> we look the other way so like coot just sometimes just chooses not to answer questions he's like oh this is this is about movies i don't I'm, this is beneath me <laughs> we look the other way on some of that <laughs> it's for fun that, that's beneath me but you know what i don't know shit about it please tell me there you go um, that's fun it's fun to goof off yeah um i think uh uh um did you have anything else you wanted to to mention or if not i think we'll start to wrap up the episode um that's about it uh i i just want to stress to people out there if you live in a medical state and if you can get a medical caregiver card Get those caregiver cards because basically if you go to California, if you go to Colorado, you're going to find places that are going to give you discounts because of your medical card. Uh, your medical card gets you out of jail for having a couple ounces in the back or all of a sudden it's, oh, you have a medical card, you got a couple ounces in the back seat, oh, go on instead of well, why don't you get out of the car and come back here with me? But uh, them seeing our medical cards in recreational states drop is what gives them the ammunition to say, see, we don't need medical. We went recreational and one third of the medical people stopped getting their cards are 50%. So when they bring that up in front of these committees, because we don't have people paid to go in front of these committees and lobby like they do, you know, they're going to win and all the caregivers and medical people out there that are allowed to grow your own, that's all going to go and you're all going to have to go to the dispensary again. But that's pretty much all I have to say. If you're living in a state that offers a medical card, every state, I think, in the United States is a reciprocal state. 
So they reciprocate towards your medical card. So that's another free pass in another state instead of getting pulled over and gone to jail and some of these. Like Oklahoma, I'm kind of surprised they went the way they did. And you don't want to get caught with it in Missouri, that's for sure. Missouri has a medical. And do they have rec yet? I don't think they legalize rec yet. Someone correct me in chat, maybe. There was a gentleman when I worked at Normal that fell off uh, basically the same height I did. And last I heard, he was on his eighth year in prison for seven plants. Yeah, so it looks like they're, it looks like it's going to be voted on next year. They're filing a petition for it. Good. Petition August 27th. But that's basically all I have. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate everybody out there in chat. And eventually I'll have not only a laptop, but maybe like some of you guys that have two monitors and actually can see chat. <laughs> Instead of just the little Zoom camera. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I have quite the setup here. I don't know what Fumi uses. I have like a 60-inch main screen and then like a 50-inch side screen. Yeah, mine is way less sophisticated. I just have one big iMac here, pretty much. I'd love to have, you know, three or four screens, put chat over here and this and that, but yeah, it's just one screen right now. So. Well, it's also fun, too, once in a while. If I'm like doing a bunch of spreadsheet shit, I'll put my VR thing on because I can put like a bunch of giant <laughs> screens and it makes it easy when you're trying to like look That's through a bunch funny. of shit. And then you get to feel like Tom Cruise in the Minority Report. Right. Or like the, the people that let people into Zion and the, in the Matrix. <laughs> Morpheus isn't going to be the new movie, they say. Or at least Lawrence Fishburne is not going to be the new movie. I'm super excited about that one. Yeah, and Dune, both. They said Dune is going to be the tits. Yeah. They can already see it in France. So well, next time America makes fun of them, you say, oh, they got to see Dune first. Well, I wonder if that means it's online now. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't care if I have to watch it in French. <laughs> en français. <coughs> say it in French. You don't even have to be vaccinated to go to France. All you need is an American passport. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I'm not worried about mandates, so don't date men. <laughs> <laughs> what that meme? That meme was great. Uh, anyways, um, what have you been up to, Fumi? And you've been working on all kinds of stuff lately. This and that. Yeah. Been, uh, I don't know, I guess... Uh, Honestly, with the breeding stuff, I'm kind of in between. It's a little bit uh, uh, anticlimactic. I'm a little bit in between the cycles. Like now I'm in the cycle of breeding something. So then comes the whole releasing and everything else. But I don't know. It's just been fun uh, uh, releasing everything. It's been a hectic year. So honestly, it's been better. I, 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 how do I put this? I, uh, 
it's been better, honestly, taking my time with it. Like I, I, I totally didn't follow the best like practices. Like I should have released my seeds probably in the early spring and blah, blah, blah. But like everything was just too late. But honestly, like thanks to the hectic year, it's been easier to deal with it that way. So I don't know. The slow roll is is helping. So I guess it's like a slow, slow roll. But I don't know. We're having fun, man, on my channel. And we started doing this this uh, trivia and stuff. And I don't know. It's just a, again, like a slow roll with that. We're trying to figure out questions that don't brutalize the contestants. So, for example, for the last couple of sessions, like it's been fun. But I wrote the questions and the questions apparently were just like just savagely hard. Apparently, Wes Engine did great. You know, he's the two time returning champion. But uh, some other folks got a little bit brutalized by it. There were some some heavily negative scores in, in some cases. And uh, yeah, so we got we got to work on that. But yeah, so again, slow roll, man, slow roll. <laughs> right? Potent might have won negatively. <laughs> we got the lowest score. All right. <laughs> right? That's it. We're going to start giving out prizes for the lowest scores. The Coop lowest, was right behind you, though. The lowest like literally right behind you beans to somebody in chat instead of receiving them <laughs> that's it you got to give away something when you lo when you lose we're gonna have to do that uh next time we're gonna try to i think it was probably ian that was suggesting that we should do like an, an audience contestant too so uh, i don't know somehow we have to i don't know we have maybe we can do like polls for the question i don't know we have to figure it out but like the audience has to somehow come to it would just I be fun I think you have to do audience, but they only get like 15 or 20 seconds because they can Google it. So like, and they have, right. you have to make it quick so that, you know, that it's just them responding. You see, you see, here's me being like all honest and everything. Like, I didn't even think about that. The audience will totally just Google it. So, yeah. It's fine. Freaking audience. <laughs> but what you could do is you could put me on every month or every show. And, you know, we'll pick out somebody to take my place and I'll be like the absentee player. We can do it. <laughs> somebody will fight for the honor of Captain 420. That's it. One time it'll be Mardu or another time it'll be, uh, I don't know, Sally Smoker or something. Breeder <laughs> Steve, that'd be fun. Yeah. They're like, what? It's not Breeder Steve. It's actually Captain 420. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> that'd be kind of funny. Breeder Steve would do great on that show, I think. I tagged him, but, you know, we're a little too small time. Maybe when we have our 10th episode, maybe he'll come on then. Uh, no, I think we could maybe get him on. But I, I think he, he would be hilarious on it. We got to do we got to do like an all star trivia one day, like with uh, only hash legends or something or freaking weed no, legends. We'll, I got a plan for that one day. No, we'll, we'll plan it out. and We'll, we'll get like <laughs> somebody to questions first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Get together the late 90s, early 2000 seed breeders that came out, oh, cool. like Bog. Uh, oh, Bog's passed away. Green Juice. Animated. Uh, that would be awesome. Reefer Man. Yeah. Leave yeah. Shanty out because Shanty's really sharp. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, that, that would be great to be able to get people together like that. Mm. and you know some of those questions i looked at him and said thank god i'm not on because I'm <laughs> a stupid asshole i'd be the uh, one sitting there with like minus three thousand points <laughs> yeah i felt bad i don't know i mean I, I didn't feel completely bad because like i mean shit nobody else sent me questions so I was like these are the questions i wrote what do you want but yeah some of them were a little bit uh a little bit challenging i realized <laughs> 
Well, we're going to have to work on it. I think we will uh, wrap up the episode here. Um, unless anybody has show. any other questions. It's been a pleasure to get to know you. Thanks a lot for coming on, Captain 420. Why don't you tell everybody how to find you and how they can learn more about what you're working on? You can find me on Instagram. It's Ohio's Captain Dank. Uh, working on a getting back and uh, hopefully uh, trying to get back to the older strains so we can start to rework those in different directions and not have them all jumbled up again. And, uh, you know, trying to enjoy life. I enjoy making clones. I enjoy making things live. And I enjoy putting smiles on people's faces. So I tried to do that the past couple of weeks there in Michigan. And I, I think I accomplished uh, just that. You didn't have to be a friend. All you had to do was come up and say something. And, you know, things happen. So if you see me out there, come up and say something. Uh, but, uh, maybe the end of February, there'll be some seats that will be given out for testers. I'm not, I've got a few people in mind. I'm not looking at having a lot of testers because, uh, my shit doesn't have hermaphroditic characteristics in it, people, not the ones that I'm working with. So I don't have to worry about them hermaphroditing or anything. They're proven genetics. So it's basically 10 testers, get them to run them really quick. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the person that's going to be doing my testing uh, is a fellow friend from Ohio because I really enjoy the way Jack Greenstock uh, explains the undertones and overtones of cannabis that I just can't taste. <laughs> oh yeah, shout out to uh, going with my fellow growers. I was over there the other day. They were talking about sips and stuff like that. I popped on at the end of their episode there. Um, definitely uh, a good show if you're looking for more good uh, podcast content aside from Fumies and myself, uh, it's another great source for for good. What else are gonna watch on Sunday, right? Every Sunday, man. Well, they and the Michigan Bros, I guess. But first, you gotta watch that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, Chad Westport, he's in chat. He's got a thing on Sundays too. There's a Saturdays. Saturday. Saturday. I'm sorry, Chad. <laughs> uh, he's got his show on chat Saturday, so definitely check that out as well. Over on the uh, uh, future cannabis. Uh, um, all right. Um, uh, thanks everybody for uh, uh, coming on. Um, uh, Fumador, why don't you tell everybody how to find you? Come join me uh, one of these days on my channel, uh, Fumador and the Flavors. Uh, as simple as that, folks. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this coming Saturday, I guess we're going to be doing Bruise, and, Bruise with Buds. Bruise and Buds. I always forget the show. But uh, basically, we hang out. Saturday's a little bit of a looser show. Uh, cannabis and uh, craft brews and stuff like that. Uh, Weed and Whiskey Wednesday is usually Wednesdays, but uh, that's coming up, actually, the following, this coming Wednesday. So he's showing that, too. 
uh, we basically do like Tuesdays, Wednesdays, uh, and Saturdays. And then, of course, we try to join Boaten on Thursdays. Uh, Wednesdays these days are going to be basically like alternating uh, whiskey night. Look at that. He's stocked up. He's got Ohio straight bourbon and everything else. He's ready to go. Uh, but, you know, we can't, we can't, like, especially Wes and I, we couldn't take like a whiskey Wednesday every single week. It would just, the mind is willing, but the body is spongy and bruised. But every couple of weeks we can take it. Uh, so basically every other week we do weed and whiskey Wednesday. And then uh, uh, we're doing now trivia, uh, basically the other Wednesdays. And then Tuesdays, we try to have like a guest. So uh, this coming Tuesday, actually, we're going to have a great one. We're going to have Jordan from the Growcast. Thanks to Potent's got him on there. So that's going to be great. Uh, we're going to talk. It's going to be interesting, actually. It's, we're going to be talking to a podcaster. Normally, I have like uh, uh, breeders oftentimes, like oftentimes, just honestly, breeders. Uh, but uh, we'll be podcasting with a podcaster. So that'll be kind of fun. But anyway, cool guy. Yeah, I was, uh, if you guys are a part of his stuff, I just recorded an episode with him recently that I think is going live at some point in the next two weeks sometime, uh, unless there's some other delay on that. Um, and then we also did an episode yesterday with his uh, Growcast TV, uh, if you watch that stuff as well. So definitely check that out over at uh, Jordan's space over at uh, Growcast, which is another great podcast uh, uh, in the network of awesome podcasts in <laughs> cannabis content. Yep. Um, but uh, you guys can find me on uh, Potent Ponics and uh, Growing With Fishes on your favorite podcast app. We are on even more than we were before. I actually added about 50 new ones uh, the other day. Uh, I couldn't sleep, so I went through and added the RSS feed to a bunch of new stuff that we didn't have the, the podcast on, so definitely check that out. I think we're on pretty much anything you might possibly try to find us on right now. <laughs> Um, so definitely check that out uh, and then you can also find us uh, over on bulgarian state tv yet uh no on it. But, on it. we are we were on a, a radio station in california for quite a while uh that was running radio edited versions of our podcast so that was kind of neat um but um there uh, uh you can also find us at apmjclass.com if you want the full format class with marty and i we are constantly adding new content we just added about 40 new slides and videos to that uh, just this week. So definitely check that out. Um, it's an ever growing library of awesome content, uh, walkthroughs, builds, commercial um, uh, tours and all kinds of cool stuff. So definitely check that out if you're looking for more formal training. Um, and um, you can also find me at apmjnutes.com if you need nutrients for your, you can set the size of your aquarium. We also will be launching an aquarium kit here, hopefully in the fall. Uh, so that you guys can uh, very easily attach your aquariums to your gross, uh, your grow tents. I think you guys are going to like what we've been cooking up. So uh, we'll be showing that off here a little bit uh, in a couple of weeks. So definitely check that out and um, uh, check out the conference in November. And uh, shit, there was something else I'll think of it. Oh, well, uh, I'm sure uh, it'll come to me as soon as we go offline. <laughs> Um, but uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, we will catch you guys next week. Uh, we will have uh, – who's on next week? Next week is Matthew Gates talking to us about virus talk, so that will be a lot of fun. Uh, we might even do a Tuesday episode, uh, potentially. Oh, no, I guess we won't be doing a Tuesday episode. I'll be on Fumi's show. Sorry. We might be doing a, a, a Monday episode with Brendan uh, Rust to try and get him back into the schedule. If not, we'll put – We'll get him back in on a different day uh, uh, since we've had to, to play a little bit of uh, scheduling tag uh, lately. So 
Um, thanks a lot for coming on the show, everybody. And um, we will have you guys uh, again next week, again with Matthew Gates talking to us about all of his awesome stuff he's been working on around cannabis 